Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Welcome, Hello. Welcome to another episode of Reckless Attack. Is that what this is? It is. Great news. Wow. It yes. is. This is wow. episode 40. Wow. <laughs> so quick behind the... Hi, everybody. I'm Nathan. <laughs> this is episode 40. I hope you've listened to enough normal intros to kind of get the vibe that we're a fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. We started recording this episode roughly an hour late, uh, in part because yep. of some technical things, in part some questions, some whatever, and just friend time, but also mostly because uh, everyone was, instead of starting this potentially horrific, deadly, intense combat, was just sitting around the table making mouth sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Procrastinating. <Reaver! laughs> Just it's there was, was, there a, was a small case of the giggles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It that lasted was, for approximately forty five minutes. Right. Correct. Yes. Exactly. But everybody, we are here now, and now we have officially started with the intro. So your doom approaches. <laughs> Bad news. Oh no. Again, I am Dungeon Master Nathan. I am so excited to have not just you, dear listener, here around our table once more. But to be looking upon the definitely not intimidated faces of all of my lovely players here, starting first and foremost with... Hello, everyone. Welcome to potentially <laughs> the last episode of... No, we're going to keep going. It's fine. Uh, after, but... <laughs> we've talked about it after the TPK. We're going to re-roll. It'll be fine. But my name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango, Billiam, and Junior. God damn it. Skip to episode 87, and it's just a list of you have to get an Excel the first, spreadsheet. The first yeah. 15 minutes. Right. And Checkers is looking at the Agmar skyline from up above the city. A nice romantic evening. Checkers and the Mothman, and all the terrible, terrible things that are happening. But Are you going to kiss the Mothman? I mean, we'll see how the night goes, Nathan. I mean, hey. No yuck and yums here. Mm -hmm. Have at it. You do what you think is best. What I think is best is having Sophie talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk redacted redacted <laughs> the cleric of the blah, Arcana blah, domain. Blah, blah. And she's doing fine. Okay. Doing Absolutely good. fine. <laughs> Did not get hit a single time last time. We're not going to reveal the asterisk. We're just going to add more to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. All the layers. Because she's just been doing her battle trigonometry. Going to keep that up. Going to keep buffing the guy across the table. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm the guy across the table. It's me. <laughs> My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin. The dragonborn asterisk. Hey, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> is it catching? It's spreading. It's spreading. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Monk of the Bingjuzi Monastery. And right now, he's climbing the tower because some architect of the Pentarchy decided not to put stairs in their freaking towers. Yeah, this was cool, dude. Yeah. It's like they could all levitate or something. But here we are going up. So with that, I will pass it on. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who is charging forward with his friends. Velasca, the Minotaur, and the Turtle. <laughs> His dear friends, yeah, Val and two and other guys. And two other people whose names I will recall shortly. Garnac mm -hmm. and... Trenkar. And Trenkar. I was about to say Trogdor. I was like, that's <laughs> I have. Yeah, do I want Trogdor I was going to say, that, I don't know if Trogdor would be helpful, <laughs> but it would definitely add a wild card yeah. to the situation. <laughs> Depends on what you needed Burnin needed and whether he would... Agree to those terms. Yeah. <laughs> but we're all barreling towards a final confrontation with the Mothman. The Mothman. The, the Mothman. Mothman. <laughs> good job, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Again, the level of levity is <laughs> remains high in the face of certain doom. And that's right, everybody. We are finally here after months of out-of-game and weeks of in-game attacks. The night of the final Mothman attack has come to pass. It is the day of returning. And you guys had a really lovely day up until about two minutes ago when 
not just one horrific alien eldritch incarnation of pure phobia started ripping at the bell tower, but many other Mothmen showed up. This was not something you guys were prepared for, not something you guys were aware could happen or ever has happened. And yet here we are. But that is not your concern right this second. Your concern, you know, now that you have alerted others, now that reinforcements are coming, and now that Mothmen continue to rampage, you know your goal is to stop Mothman Prime, I think is what yeah, we said a lot. Yeah, I like it. We need you to cease and desist all supernatural activity and return to your own plane existence forthwith or nearest parallel dimension. I'm sure it'll Self, go great. no, I have the permit. You gotta come back down. <laughs> <laughs> and the party is a bit split at the moment, but you are also reinforced. Not only are several city guards who were here still fighting the good fight, trying to evacuate as many people as possible, not only did some random other pedestrians come by to try and help, but the Verdant Wave is now also here in the fray. You guys have sent a few of them off to try and relieve some of the command of the Red Guard, specifically Vina Calvetta, the head of the Red Guard, who you guys have been working with, to try and free up a little bit more resources to get more people out and to throw more firepower at the Mothman before something bad happens. Boy, I had to pause to think about what insane thing to describe first. <laughs> I'll start with the least insane, in that Castron. Val, Trankar, the Tortle Wizard, and Garnak, the Minotaur spellcaster-y type person, you don't know what he's up to other than he can enlarge stuffed animals mm -hmm. at will, are all sprinting into the crowd, into the fray, trying to avoid ongoing combat, trying to get people out without being slowed down through just chaos. It is still chaos, as much room as you guys have gotten for people to get out, there are still tons of people here. The four of you are running towards the bell tower that now the Mothman has seemingly punched through whatever strange arcane shield was around it and is now clearly punching the bell tower. Dust is starting to fall onto the heads of Selv and Kavos Pyrelighter, the two dragonborn monks who ran up ahead of everyone to try and start distracting this thing and hopefully defeat it, but at least buy a little bit more time for everyone to catch up. And finally, <laughs> mm. is Checkers. <laughs> Yay. Instead of describing what Checkers is doing other than to mention that he is currently floating over the heads of everybody, what I'm going to do is ask everyone to roll for initiative. Val has a 19! <laughs> Hey. Oh, wow. Nice. Pretty good. Selv has an eight. Cascarin has a six. Checkers has a four. Oh, how did... What? <laughs> I rolled a natural one. <laughs> As a reminder, this thing... I think I said the bell tower is about 50 or 60 feet up, and the Mothman itself is about 20 feet above the ground and is just driving strange fists into the side of the bell tower, and you can still see these strange crackles of warped reality coming from where its fist has been impacting it. You can see it is trying to punch it out and cause it to collapse down onto the many people who are still trapped here. Selv has seen Kavos go around to the side of the tower and extend those spikes out of his, uh, his yes, gauntlets indeed. to help him climb. And since he has issued the challenge of something to the effect of race you to the top, Selv considers that cheating. So in order to level <laughs> the playing field, as he's running up there, I'll pull out the immovable rod. And I'm going to use that to help me get an actual firm, mm -hmm. this will not move grip on <laughs> yep. the towers as we go and kind of use that to kind of help stabilize myself as I move up. But other than that, Selv will just be climbing the tower until he gets to the top. And I will say, you do not need to make any athletic checks to be climbing since you are using the immovable rod. Okay. You see the two dragonborn, one silver, one red, each climbing in their own very particular ways, very character-specific ways, let's say, ascending this bell tower towards the Mothman. 
Selv, you see the large humanoid skull that is atop this disappear inside of its body and then reappear looking down at you and Kavos. Is it a humanoid skull or a human skull? It's one of those things of like, okay, a little hard to say. If you pictured a human skull, you would not be wrong, but also it could be like, I don't know, it's a little skinny, so maybe it's a, it's actually an elf one. Okay, or that, that's so like creepy. That. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> correct. It was okay when it was like moths and deers, and now and you're like and but, stuff. But this one's a mostly human skull looking yeah. at you. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's no. way worse, <laughs> and I should be punished for the things that I've done. <laughs> but instead, I will actually punish all of you, unfortunately. First, it is going to make one attack against you as its fist continues pounding the side, but the wings that have just sprouted from its back at the end of last session that you know came from one of the mothmen, the goth moths that you had already defeated is sprouting from its back and it extends one of its wings down and swats at self trying to not necessarily knock it down, but give it a smack. Mm-hmm. You still have protection of good and evil against you, correct? I do indeed. So that will be a disadvantage on the attack roll. So with a disadvantage, it's going to do an attack upon you. That's a natural 20 and a 2. Nice. For its second action, I'm imagining you guys are on opposite sides of this bell tower, but like I'm kind of imagining that you're able to a little see each other, you and Kavos, and you see Kavos, you dodge out of the way and catch a glimpse of him kind of on the side, and he is still climbing up, and he sees, he looks at the sudden movement, and you see him freeze. And he has to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ooh. He passes. Selv, you are close enough. You can see his eyes dilate as if losing focus for a second. As if he got hit by some kind of fear? Probably. What exactly this fear is, you do not know, but there is a a sensory response to something, and then you see him shake it off and... and get angry and keep climbing to try and get closer to this thing. That is the end of the Mothman turn. Val has a calm determination on Mm -hmm. her face. The last uh, Mothman we fought was challenging, but we defeated it as a team. So she is running through the crowds using her light and thaumaturgy to continue lighting the path behind her so that folks who are running past can get to safety as much as possible. She is running between Granek and... Garnak and Trenkar. Garnak and Trenkar, looking so tiny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> between the Minotaur and Tortle, but determined to get to the bell tower. And there's also a little bit of fascination in her eye as she is really trying to figure out what magic is happening at this bell tower. She didn't really know it was this arcane. No. And there is a curiosity that's underlying like the priority of the situation. And so she's just full sprinting, trying to get as close to the bell tower as possible and shining brightly, catching the different light sources, the torches, the fires is her golden tree badge buffed up to show at the festival today. Awesome. Next is Garnak, who is, again, a large minotaur. You haven't really talked to him too much other than you introduced yourselves and Val saw him create a larger stuffed animal for her to to truly capture the amount of excellence that her bean guessing uh, (laughs) accumulated. You hear him deep growling, muttering some sort of words of arcane power, both Kaskarin and Val feel their heartbeats quicken a little bit as haste is cast on the both of you. What? Garnick says, get up there. Selv, it is your turn. What I am going to do is I am going to spend a key point and use uh, Fang of the Frostwolf. So Selv kind of stops climbing and is hanging on to the immovable rod and bracing with his feet just below that with one hand. And he breathes a little bit into his his free hand, creating an ice shard, and then hurls that at this creature. 
It's going to be a saving throw on its part and an attack roll on my part. Okay. So so the to hit roll is 19 to hit. That hits. And did it make the saving throw? It did not. It Woo! did not. Nice. Okay. Nice. Perfect. And so, do not forget, just like the last one, you do an extra D6 on all damage. Ooh. All right. So he will take from the hit 1D10 piercing damage. And then from the minor explosion... 2d6 cold damage from that, which Ow. and then an extra d6. Ow. Wow. <laughs> uh, so this will be the damage roll. 15 points of damage in total. And if you need me to, I can split that between the cold and piercing. Nope. All good. Anything else you'd like to do? I will continue to climb and get within striking distance. That's Melee next distance? Time. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. It is Kavos's turn. He is going to dramatically keep digging his claws, his mechanical claws, into the arcane side of this bell tower. And as he gets close enough, you can see him dig one in extra hard and then rear back and then just try to stab straight into this thing, like straight up uppercut into this creature. Ooh, yep, does, uh, the, yep, rolls very, does, yep, uh, oops. <laughs> Oops, he's very good. Kavos yep. being Kavos. Yep. Uh, yes. And he does one attack and just, you can see almost its whole mass, like, undulate a little bit. He hits it so hard. Checkers, it is your turn. What's going on over in the Checkers world? Yeah, so Checkers was sent off on a mission to <laughs> survey the area, mm -hmm. get an idea of yeah. how many moth moths men there were, <laughs> and he performed his mission dutifully now he's on his way back but on the way back he spotted something at the top of the obelisk that few if any saw before him and so he and billiam are flying up there ready to try and see what's out there and see if they can grab it for themselves <laughs> <laughs> yep seems right checkers is flying about obelisk high <laughs> above the city of agmar and as he is flying he is just kind of taking in the sights, the smells, the sounds of a city in... What's the right word? I don't want to say a city in despair, because it's Chaos. not... a city Turmoil? In, yes, yeah, turmoil's a, a, a good one. A city in a turmoil. A city under siege. Absolutely. He can see little fires going. He can hear the sounds of swords and shields and roars of creatures. And as he is flying, getting closer to the top of this obelisk, he just takes a deep breath and just kind of takes it all in and then begins <laughs> <laughs> as he goes towards the top of the obelisk. So I think you're actually going to be giggling more. Yes. Momentarily, as I very casually pass you a note card that I have prepared. Sophie, if you could not look at that as you pass it over to Jonathan. Because mm -hmm. Jonathan, I'm imagining this is all, again, you are Mary Poppinsing <laughs> over, <laughs> over chaos. and. You and Billiam land on top of this obelisk, and you stick no problem being amphibious individuals as you are. Uh huh. And like cinematically, you see the movie version of like Checkers' face lit up green <laughs> as he like Aladdin style reaches <laughs> reaches for this glowing green thing, and you essentially grasp it, and nothing is there. It's uh -huh. it's just light. It seems yeah. like of some some sort of emanation. And in a flash, I guess time stopping is the best way to describe it, mm -hmm. where suddenly you are just, you're almost elsewhere. Not literally, but just taken so far out of the context of battle and the world. All the noises are dulled, and all of the sensations are dulled. Wow. And you hear a chorus of voices that say a simple phrase, we rise to defend the people. You hear it in a cacophony of voices. It's not loud, but it's also not necessarily bad. It is stern. It is confident. It is comfortable. It is focused. Hmm. You have two choices that are outlined on that note card right there. Okay. For as long as you are touching this obelisk and touching specifically the green moat, you know that you are gifted with some degree of additional power, but you have to choose. 
there are two sources of power in this obelisk. It is not just one. The we is more complicated than just a group. But you don't have a sense as to which is which. But you know, down one dark and murky path, figuratively, you get one set of abilities. And down another path, you get another set of abilities. If you would like, you can take your action and your turn, Uh basically, to attune yourself to this obelisk. Mm -hmm. And then you will get to do the things, some of the things that are listed on that card. Would you like to do that? I would. And how I'm imagining this is as Checkers is grasping this green moat and his hand is just kind of clasped around it, feeling nothing. He is hearing the voices in his head, a steady rhythm, and he is feeling some kind of emotion or passion or something from the obelisk, something unexpected. Mm -hmm. But he feels two sets. Mm -hmm. One is more, I want to say caring in a way, like it is more empathetic Mm -hmm. about who or what it is trying to protect. And one is more almost selfish. Selfish is fair, and I, but I would also say more more violent. Mm-hmm. More being willing to fight mm-hmm. for that protection. Yeah. And the mood that Checkers is in, as he just took that deep breath, taking in the smoke, the fire, the roars, he is feeling violent tonight. Seems right. And we'll detail exactly what that entails at the start of your next turn. Okay. Kaskrin charges forward alongside Valeska, Garnak, and Trankar, and he yells to them and to the crowd, We're almost there! Be ready! On his turn, he is going to raise his hammer high and cast light at a second level, emanating this bright, mm-hmm. golden, pure light from his hammer in a five-foot radius, using it as sort of a signaling beacon, a light for others to look upon as the group charges forward towards Moth Prime. (laughs) And as a reminder to the listener, this is from the abilities that you got out in the forest when you guys were deciding to go get the Pious. He is channeling all the strength, the dedication, the obligation that the Eternal Citadel grants him into this one symbol, and he is bringing it forward towards this final battle. All around him, like Checkers mentioned, there is the fire, the smoke, the roar of combat. And Kaskrin, in a similar way, brings it all in. But it's a familiar place that he has found himself on the battlefield. And so he is looking at it with that mind of like where everyone is and taking in like where do the lines need to be shored up and where are the retreat paths as we're all running towards this creature. Awesome. Trankar plods along behind you and you hear him also mutter some arcane words and he is slightly able to keep up with you as he also casts haste on himself to move (laughs) at normal speeds nice so it's the mothman's turn again at the end of the round hey self i need you to make me a saving throw a wisdom saving throw please that's a nine that is a failure the Mothman shifts this skull, this humanoid skull, and looks directly at you. You can't assume any degree of attention in its kind of alien, nondescript features, but you can feel it push its will out upon you as it casts hold person on you. Mm-hmm. You are now paralyzed for the next minute or until you pass a safe. Well, fuck. At the end of each of your turns, you can make another wisdom saving throw. That is the end of his turn. From in the distance, as you all approach, you see the battle going on up at the tower. You maybe even see checkers up at the top of the obelisk, and you hear a clanging bell in the distance, where it is still that same deep sound, but just almost pulled frantically. And then it stops. And then you see shadows start to clamber and slither up the bell tower around and past Selv and Kavos and into the Mothman. And you see it start 
to swell up a little bit further. It almost seems to inflate before you hear a deafening bell toll. I would like everybody to make me a constitution saving throw, please. Kaskrin with a 19. Checkers with a 14. Valeska with a 17. Cell with a 4. Oh, no! <laughs> the number you're looking for here is 15. Ooh, wow. Anyone who failed is deafened for the next hour. Also, everyone who fails takes four points of damage of, I guess, sonic damage, thunder damage. I don't remember which is actually in 5th edition. Maybe sonic Both damage. Ear bleed okay. damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you failed, you are not deafened other than you hear some ringing in your ears and you only take half that damage. Give me one second. William is fine. However, I'll succeed on concentration. I'm good. Yes, do not forget any oh, concentration checks. Frick. And all the uh, NPCs Your protection is gone. This is why I don't cast protect, or, uh, concentration spells. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless to Snack series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So Checkers, you know, having just heard the cacophony of battle moments before, all of a sudden is deafened and can no longer hear anything. Uh, he's just staring at the night sky and the Mothman on the bell tower just going, Wait, what happened? <laughs> ah, my ears, ow. <laughs> and Kaskrin sees this, like, bell sound. Almost it's like a shock wave emanating yes. from the bell tower as it passes through him. And he's left with a, a ringing in his ears, but not much more than that. Excellent. Selv is um, kind of rocked while still holding on to his... Well, because he's paralyzed. I guess he, he can't let go <laughs> oh, true. Of, of the rod. But... Everything goes quiet, and he is now floating in a serene silence. Val is, like, forcibly pushed back. She's not as <laughs> strong as Kaskrin. She, I imagine her, she actually gets, like, pushed back into Garnak, and he, like, pushes her forward and pushes her on, and she has a ringing in her ear, but is still able to hear the cacophony. Excellent. Uh, every NPC failed. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They are all deafened. Ooh, I have to roll a concentration check on the haste. Oh, boy. <gasps> the multiple hastes. That's true. I, I, I should I'll roll both. Ooh. You guys, your haste is still up. Okay. Trankar's haste is not up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he goes from, like, walking to jogging, and now is like, slowing down. It's, and, like, so, it's, it's down somehow walking and even exhausted. slower. Yes. Yeah. So he is now exhausted, moving slower, and is like, oh, <laughs> no. 
I just imagine he's just like jogging and got tired and now just like <laughs> taking a break. <laughs> Oh, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> Physical activity is terrible. So, bad news, everybody. It's the Mothman's turn. No. Why? He has that, so many that turns. Wasn't, that He's wasn't been the going Mothman's? for five minutes. Time's up. N- no. <laughs> the Mothman is top of the order. So, again, there are two Dragonborns, but neither of them are feeling super great. Particularly Selv is not moving and can't hear anything and staring down at this creature. There is a Checkers who is at the top of the ziggurat who is closing his eyes real tight, thinking about (laughs) some stuff, I guess. And the rest of the group is all just kind of standing at some degree around the base of the tower. The creature, about 20 feet up off the ground, first is going to take an attack against Selv. Oh, no. Uh, And it has a full advantage because he no longer has protection against good and evil. Evil and good? Whichever it is. The protection spell. And is paralyzed. And because he is paralyzed, I have advantage and any attack that hits is a critical hit. If I'm within five feet, which he is. Oh, rolled a five and a four on the die. Thirteen. Misses. Yes. Nice. <sighs> so, it, it, the, again, the wing extends downward and just slams next to you as it is now reacting to a lot of different stimuli kind of all around it. Hey, Kaskrin, could you make me a wisdom saving throw, please? Uh, we shall see. 14. That's a fail. No! (laughs) (gasps) That's too many. That's too much. I rolled a 7, a 7, and a 6 on 3d8. Holy crap. You take 20 points of psychic damage. Oh, my God. (laughs) And your mind is invaded with fear. It is as if a spike is driven into your mind, and it is a spike made of pure adrenaline and fear. You are now so distracted by this fear that you have to take away a D4 from every D20 roll as long as you are looking at the Mothman. Kashkin was charging towards this creature, a hammer held high, and all of a sudden... You guys just see him, like, grasp his head and stumble. He's just like, ah! And all of a sudden, he like, he drops the hammer, and it takes him a moment to recover. And he is starting, he's breathing hard all of a sudden from, from nothing. Just, like, ragged, deep gasps as he tries to right himself. He is instantly sweating and trying to, like, look around and get a sense of where he is and what's been happening. And he looks up and he sees the Mothman again through squinted eyes. Somehow, even though it's just a skull, there are no eyes, and it may not literally be looking at you, it feels as if it is looking directly at you, eye to eye. Val, seeing this creature swell up with more shadows being ingested into it, seeing Selv go stiff and holding on to the immovable rod, Seeing Kaskrin fall to the ground knows she has to rally her allies. Mm-hmm. And so she pulls her Yukwala from her back and cuts open a pouch with it as she draws it across her body. And as she draws it across her body, she goes into a spin. And from the tip of her Yukwala, in a circle around her, hitting herself. Selv, Cass, and Garnak sprays holy water that becomes this almost bioluminescent mm-hmm. bright blue and that bright blue kind of lingers on the battlefield and we all have bless cast upon us. That's fucking cool. And <laughs> time is timey wimey in mm-hmm. combat. Mm-hmm. Do I still have my spiritual weapon. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to say you have it for two rounds. Okay. So Val will use that to do an attack upon the Mothman. So again, the spectral chalice will kind of go for like a side swipe to almost act like a bell itself to ring it in the head, aiming right for its skull as a bonus action. 17 on the die. Absolutely hits. 13 points of damage for the spiritual weapon. And then I have 
haste cast upon myself. Oh, yes. As using an object, can I give Cass a healing potion that is on Cass's body? Yeah, I think so. I'm fine with that. I'm assuming you need it. I could use it, yes. <laughs> yes, I feed Cass a healing potion. Valeska grabs the healing potion that is <laughs> in Cassgrin's pouch and kind of just like tips it down his throat. Ordinarily, you'd expect to see like a little bit of improvement, you know, just a, from a small healing potion. But Cassgrin, you know, calms down Im- immediately. It turns from like deep gasping breaths into a much more like calm breathing. The healing potion seems to do much more than you would normally expect. Because you are so close to him and you have the talisman, the lucky coin, Kaskrin heals the full amount that the potion would do thanks Ooh. to his gift. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So he heals for 10 hit points. Nice. And uh, I'm just imagining it's so cool of like, you just got your brain assaulted by this creature and then to Im- almost immediately feel a holy blessing counteracting it perfectly mm-hmm. must be a really fascinating experience. As Val rushes up and feeds you this healing potion, she whispers in your ear, you have the knowledge, you have the power to lead us to victory in this moment, bolstering you with her words as well. And he like takes your shoulder to like help himself up. Thank you, Valeska. Let's do this. Fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> it is now Garnak's turn. I'm very sorry for what I'm about to do. Oh no. Garnak, you can tell, begins casting something again. When from out of the shadows, you see a pseudopod reach out and grab his ankle <laughs> and fucking drag him, like yank him like action movie and or cartoon style depending on what mood we're going to set which is the first mood not the cartoon Uh, one fly you fools right exactly (laughs) and just like drags him into a like nearby alleyway oh no let's go next turn haste is still up though that doesn't seem like garnak's turn (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and kashkin will yell for him like garnak no self it's your turn oh so I have a couple of questions. Ooh, I have to roll a concentration check. Yeah, this might I hit answer you. some of your okay. questions. Pow! For thirteen points of damage, so I think it's DC thirteen. Is that correct? Ten. No, no, ten. It's ten. It's, it's half, half the damage or ten, whichever side. Oh, it's half. That's right. Nineteen on the die. Uh, Butts. So you are still paralyzed, alas. What about the deafening? Is that also? Yeah, the deafened is not something you can save against. You just are deafened now. Deafened for an hour. What? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it sounded like you said an hour. (laughs) Okay, so I guess at the end of my turn, I will make a saving throw. But with Bless, it is a D4 extra? Yes. Okay. 14 on the die, plus a 4 for the Bless, plus another 3 for the Wisdom. Wow. So that is a 21. Absolutely. You steal yourself and are able to break out. You still can't hear anything. (laughs) But you sense battle around you, and you certainly see the large looming thing above you. Now it is Kavos' turn, and again, he's going to just try to do just a almost rabid uppercut. He's just trying to, like, jam the knife fist into this thing as many times as possible. And (laughs) he hits very hard again. (laughs) Yeah! Kavos, Kavos, Kavos. And does a lot of damage. He just, like, is holding on, trying to just, like, stab as much as he, <laughs> and as hard as humanly possible. Checkers is at the top of the obelisk, and he sees Garnak get dragged off into the darkness. He is not really able to respond very well up here, so all he does is just yell out, Billiam! Mango! Save him! And Billiam and Mango rush off in the direction of Garnak, just trying to do whatever they can to find him and help him. Checkers sticks to the top of the obelisk. And I'm feeling like he probably closes his eyes and more or less just uses the obelisk in place of his senses, just Mm -hmm. kind of feeling the energy, feeling the area around him, feeling just the immense amount of energy and power coming out of the obelisk. What he does is he just decides to channel as much of it as he can, all of it, towards the largest thing that he can feel, the Mm -hmm. Mothman, 
and he's going to use the Finger of Death ability. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and just yes, blast the Mothman with, with as much power as he can. Have at it. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm just trying to think, what would this look like? I actually feel like maybe it wouldn't even be something visible necessarily because it's kind of like the barrier around Agmar almost pointed in a direction. Mm -hmm. So you can just feel the consequences of it, the power, the wind that's swirling around this big force towards the Mothman. And the Mothman just gets blasted with something that's almost invisible. Mm -hmm. The Mothman is going to have to make me a constitution saving throw, please. As you harness this power, you hear... Most of the voices go silent. Mm-hmm. Let's all say for this round. Yeah. 14 on the die. Okay. What's your usual DCs? My usual DC is 13. Add three to it? 17. Is that 16? right? 16. 16. 16. It passes. Okay. Sounds good. So, But all spells cast have a DC 16. Because it's saved, it's still going to take half damage. I'm going to need 78. <laughs> <laughs> so many D8s. Wow. Wow. Uh, Saw a couple eights in there. Yeah, yeah there's a few eights. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, five or above. So that's going to be 39 plus 30. Yep. So 69 points of damage. Nice. Hey, nice. Nice. Hey. nice. But halved. But halved. So not nice. 34. 34 points of damage on the Mothman as this invisible force just slams into it using the full power of the obelisk. Damn. Wow. Uh, pew pew those of you who are looking up at the tower at its base see this crackle of energy just zip across and hit the mothman and it actually does it writhes and reacts to this pain and those of you who are interested can follow the trajectory of this massive outpouring of arcane might and see checkers (laughs) Pointing a finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. He opens like one eye, just kind of like see, see what he does, and then just goes back to immediately just concentrating. Like, <laughs> Catherine's like yelling at him, not realizing that he's been deafened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? Do Mango and Billiam make any progress towards finding Garnak? Oh, absolutely. Since you saw where he was yanked to, they are booking it over, and okay. they will be able to enter basically at the top of the next round. Cool. Kaskrin was looking towards the bell tower, seeing Selv and Kavos just surrounding this thing on both sides. There was a moment of fear where Selv was just, like, not moving for a little bit. It's like, that's not normal. Nope, nope. <laughs> but then, you know, when he shakes it off, Kaskrin's like, okay, this is fine. We're still okay. We can still do this. He takes the hammer up again and continues his forward momentum, still hasted. In his left hand, he summons a light javelin. He casts Eldritch Blast and like an Olympian just hurls this thing towards the Moth Prime, uh, (laughs) trying to strike it from the side. Awesome. That is a natural one. No! Bummer. Yeah. No. I feel like it recoiled so much from the Finger of Death that it just got like completely out of the way of your Eldritch Blast, maybe? Oh, yeah. I'm even imagining like even as he's throwing it, the light javelin is still made of force. It's still made of that mm-hmm. sort of elemental primal energy that is invisible to all of us. And so when the finger of death zips through the air, like it disrupts it so much, the javelin just dissipates as it hits that, that line of fire. Awesome. Anything else you'd like to do? Kaskrin continues moving until he gets closer to the base of the bell tower. And as he moves, he hardens the stone on his arms and legs, turning it from that dull brown into a bright cobalt blue, granting him some additional protection against the next couple of attacks. And with the haste from Garnak, he makes it all the way to the base of the bell tower. Easy peasy. It is Trankar's turn. (sighs) 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 The turtle wizard, just like basically keeling over. Not exactly a quick mover to begin with. (laughs) Not great cardio. You see him extend a clawed big meaty paw and just like well doubled over trying to catch his breath (laughs) like a soccer player who just ran sprints at the end of practice. You see two motes of light extend out towards the Mothman. Ooh! 
guys, I think the Verdant Wave is actually very good. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think they might actually be really, really good at adventuring. And that's something maybe you want to be aware of. Mm. Because you see these two moats and they just kind of like almost lazily drift and in and twirl amongst themselves. And then almost like a kiss seems seems a little inappropriate, but that's the only word I could come up with. Just the side of the Mothman, and then you see two like grenade explosions, oh. basically, as it just poof, poof, and two significant hits against the Mothman. That is his turn. Uh, bad news, it's the Mothman's turn. Oh. Now that it is bigger, it has a little bit more reach. It is first going to... It's going to take an attack against Kavos, for he has been doing many stabs upon him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, I think I think the Verdant Wave is actually very good. Actually. <laughs> it's actually very good. Uh, you see on one side another wing just slam down right next to Kavos and, you know, try to hit him, dislodge him, do anything, and Kavos is able to spin out of the way, still just with one of his, like, claw dagger things embedded in the side of the bell tower. He is actually going to take another attack. Now that there are so many, like, swarming, it is going to take its fist that had been slamming the bell tower and try to smack a self. Oh, rolled really bad. Rolled a two on the die. So it also is just like now flailing out, trying to hit as many creatures as it possibly can. And then it is going to... Hmm. Could you make me a wisdom saving throw, Val? I shout with advantage. Nice. And a d4. (laughs) Why do you... Oh, because of your asterisk? Because of my asterisk. Oh, I thought it was because of bless. Oh, I get a d4 for bless, but I get advantage on wisdom saving throws because of redacted information. 21. (laughs) (laughs) That indeed does save. However, you still do take damage. First of all, you take 15, excuse me, you would take your full damage would have been 15 points of psychic damage. You take half that, which is seven. But also you take an additional three points of damage. Because there is an empty space in your subconscious. It's as if, you know, like you should be wearing a football helmet to help your brain from rattling around and your brain rattles around a little bit extra. Valeska, you feel a little bit less bad than you would normally. Oh, I resisted all damage. You do oh, resist God, no chaos. Just drop that. Don't do it. And, and Kaskrin, you know, you see Kaskrin's muscles tense just briefly as he bears some of the impact. But you take half damage. And that's okay. what matters. And okay. you have to roll a concentration check for Bless. Friggin'. 15? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No problem. The blessing of the god of knowledge still courses over you. I would like to say... That as you're blessed, flavor-wise, you just hear calm voice whisper battle tactics to you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Except for self. No, it's an internal voice. Yeah, it's in your brain. You, it's in your uh, brain. It's the only thing you the can hear, actually. The only thing you yeah. can hear is Val. That is the end of the round. Some things are going to happen. I'll start with the good news first. The good news is that most of you, other than, well... I don't want to assume who is not looking at the giant creature at the top of the bell tower, but some amount of you would see that the other members of the Verdant Wave and Vina Calvetta and several other Red Guard members are now charging towards you guys. They're not in the fight yet, but because of your decision earlier to send a couple of people over that direction to go help them, they are now freed up to enter the combat. Now the bad news. Kaskrin and Self, you two realize you are experiencing something familiar. As a large shadow begins to emerge from the side of the bell tower in a large humanoid shape, much like the large humanoid shape that loomed over you in your last Mothman encounter. The shadows begin to coalesce, and a 12-foot-tall creature just extends parallel to the ground at a 90-degree angle, walking on the side of the bell tower as if it were normal gravity, holding its long arms, and raises one up and slams down on the hole that the Mothman has created. 
You have two rounds to stop the Mothman, or the bell tower is coming down. But that's where we'll pick up next week. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for playing, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you for more murder next time. (laughs) Yay! Wow. Wow. Goddamn. How is this? Good. That's okay. Good. Yeah. Before, when you were out here, I was getting some reverb. I think reverb. Yeah. Exactly. Just like that. Yeah. Precisely. You got a lot of quality sound bits. So I've been thinking about the episode structure a lot, and so I think starting in episode 37 i'm gonna start putting outtakes at the end after the like, at the beginning no yeah right <laughs> at the beginning and that's just, that's gonna be this one just start off with... <laughs> for, for the episode or just from previous stuff just for the episode just for the episode i mean they'll just get the quality content that it is me absolutely fucking exhausted <laughs> yep. yeah Going into a culminating battle, yeah, it's for our be, characters' lives. Nothing, nothing bad can happen. Absolutely, we'll just stick not. the first forty minutes of banter at the end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, all episodes from now on are two hours long. Yeah, you but, don't have to listen to the last half, but you can if you want. Yeah, you can if you. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Really yeah. feel like if you do, you will be richly rewarded. Yes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I've created monsters. I'm gonna fucking murder <laughs> all of you, and then all of your characters in that order. Nathan, you just missed the quality. No, I, oh, I. Well, eh. that would have been a good Twitter one. <laughs> the Zangler fucking losing it. In with the They're good dead. air. Out. They've died. Well, bad news, everybody. I was, I was doing okay, and then it got funnier for some reason as I went on. I'm like, why? Why? Yep. yep. <laughs> you fools. <laughs>